the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. Contending for our faith literally means to fight for it. Today's world continually reminds us that essential component of faith. As we stand firm, we should not be surprised or shocked by what we see and hear because Almighty God said these things would be. God is our salvation, our Savior, our all in all. We have everything we need when we look to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. Have your Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. What is happening worship-wise right in our midst? Restrain the work of the enemy. Help me to preach with clarity, authority, in the power of the Holy Ghost in your name. And then, Father, help the people to have a posture of receiving your word in your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And God's children said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Once again, we're going to continue uh, in the book of Jude. And if you want to find that particular book, uh, you just go to the book, go to the last book of the Bible, which is Revelation, and then turn, it is the book just before Revelation. So turn your Bible the opposite way and you'll get to it uh, faster. Jude. We're going to be preaching verses 3 and 4 as it relates to the message today. Jude verse 3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Verse 4, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And from this passage, once again, I will be preaching, uh, contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. To contend means to, to fight for the faith. It means to strive. It means to stand in these, these last days, in the perilous times in which we live. Uh, it, it means to contend. It means to fight. To contend means to fight, to strive, to stand for what we believe about God and his word. And, uh, and so, and, and if you're not willing to contend uh, for the faith, then it has all kinds of horrible implications. And, uh, and so, therefore, this message is to heighten uh, the need for our standing for what we believe uh, to the glory of God. But if we're going to fight, we have to, first of all, do preparation for the fight. Preparation for the fight. You can't put up a good fight without preparing to fight. You know, uh, boxers and 
or whether you're wrestling, you know, the wrestling matches and all these things. Man, they have workout sessions after workout session. They have sparring partners and all kinds of things. They do all kinds of weightlifting and they uh, own certain kinds of diets and all this stuff because they want to be in the best condition possible to put up a good fight. So that means that we have to, we have, to uh, have preparation prior to the fight, which means, number one, we must strengthen ourselves in the Lord for the fight. We must strengthen ourselves in the Lord for the fight. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You, know, you can't, uh, w- without God, there is no strength. You can't get strength externally. You know, uh, you, you don't get spiritual strength from taking vitamins. You don't get spiritual strength from, you can work out every day and be as muscular as you can be and be just as puny as you can be in the faith. Big muscles and biceps and ability to run physically doesn't qualify you for the spiritual race. It, 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 you, have to, you have to be spiritually prepared. And now, now, now phys, there's a physical part of it because you ought to keep that body healthy, but uh, physical strength in and of itself is no substitute for inner spiritual strength that we need. So a continuous spiritual diet of daily eating God's word, praying and walking with the Lord. A continuous spiritual diet of daily eating God's word, partaking of it, meditating on it, praying and walking with the Lord will strengthen and prepare us for spiritual warfare, enabling us to fight the good fight of faith. Listen, weak soldiers cannot put up a good fight. (laughs) It's as simple as that. How are you? What is your condition? Are you weak or are you strong? Can Satan just make a little blow and you all out, you knocked out? He just blow you down at any little thing because you are not strong. Uh, It's time for us to, to prepare ourselves, to ready ourselves, to strengthen ourselves only in the Lord. Uh, can we find the strength to fight the good fight of faith? Number two, if we're going to prepare for the fight, we need to put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, 11, we have to put on the whole what? Armor of God. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the schemes of the devil. Uh, if you're not properly dressed with the whole armor of God, you are not combat ready and destined for defeat by the schemes and strategies and fiery darts from Satan and his demonic host. Do you realize Satan is after you? Do you realize Satan's going to fight you? The moment you come to Jesus Christ, the war is on. Uh, The war is on and there is a spiritual uh, battle raging because now you have Jesus Christ living within and you have Satan upset that you are now in the kingdom and what he wants to do is fight you, deter you, distract you, or to sideline you to the point that you stay on the sideline and never get into the field of fighting to the glory of God. And so that means you have to be combat ready and that means you have to put on the whole arm of God, your helmet of salvation. Uh, you need to have on your breastplate of righteousness. You have to have the boots 
of peace and you have to have the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth. You have to have all this armory on in the military. We got a lot of military and retired folk in here. Uh, you, you know, you don't go to boot camp and go through all of that preparation and then don't know how to use a weapon. And you, gonna, you, you, you know how to clamor, camouflage yourself. You know how to, to learn the tactics of combat. You even learn the strategies of the enemy so that you cannot be overtaken by the enemy with whom you're fighting against. And so it is in the Christian walk. Satan is a master strategist. He doesn't keep coming at us the same way. He does change-ups uh, and, uh, in order to size sidetracked us. And he don't keep coming at you the same way at the same time. He'll come this way and he'll come that way and he'll come this way and he'll, he'll come through any foothold that you leave open uh, in order for, to destroy your life and bring it to spiritual demise. Because the dart, you put on the spiritual armor of God because those darts of the enemy are coming at you relentlessly and me. I, I was talking to one of my friends uh, uh, in Houston just uh, a couple of days ago. And he was talking about different pastors who had died, uh, some of whom I knew in Houston recently. And uh, one of them, he said, committed suicide. I've never had a pastor that I knew of ever committed suicide. I said, that's the first time in all my ministry I ever heard of that. But you know what? Satan wants me just as much as you. And I said, what a job Satan has done on that church. Because if he can get the pastor to commit suicide, then the members say, well, what hope have we? If God can't hold him, what about us? He's preaching it and kill himself. You see, I say, well, work all in that. He comes at, that's why you have to pray for me. And that's, now, I ain't thinking about killing myself. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm getting, let's get that straight. <laughs> but, you, but you pray for me because he's after me, he's after you. And I've never seen so many young folk even with suicidal tendencies. We live in a culture of death. Everything is skeletons and all dark stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all gloom and, and it's all everything. Death is glorified in an incredible way. Nobody's talking about life. We don't realize Satan, according to John 10, 10, has come to steal, kill and destroy. And he, and he aims at killing from the womb to the tomb. From the womb to the tomb. He, he, he wants to kill and steal and destroy. He wants you to take your life. Because that's one, more, one less person he has to worry about fighting against him. He'll, the dart of anger. If he can just keep you angry and keep you all bent out of shape over, over stuff that has no kingdom significance, then you will not fight the fight. You know, one of his best strategies that Satan has is to cause us to fight one another. And if we can fight one another and chew on one another and backbite one another and gossip against one another and slander against one another and be negative against one another, then the real fight out there gets unfought because you got you so busy uh, devouring one another until the real fight gets left undone. That's what, that's, that's what, that's what happens. So, so the dart of suicide and the dart of, uh, of anger uh, and then, uh, then the dart of depression, dart of depression just to keep your mind Always gloom and always doom. You can't ever see the glass half full. It's half empty. 
you know, you know, if you see this, well, why that? You know, if you always focus on the negative, it will keep you in depression. And so some, some minds stay in a continuous state of depression simply because uh, they don't have on the whole armor of, of God. So if you're not properly dressed with the whole arm of God, you're not combat ready. The darts, they keep coming, they keep coming, and they keep coming along with his demonic host against you. And uh, so don't, so make sure you have on the whole arm of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. And faith grows as we study and meditate on God's word. Fast, pray without ceasing, and look to God who knows all, hears all, and sees all. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will lead us, guide us, protect us, provide for us, and strengthen us. No matter what the world does, through the indwelling Holy Spirit, God is always with us. As His children, God keeps us first by fighting for us every second of every day. That makes our faith worth fighting for. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Number three, we must implement, apply, and put into practice. We must implement, apply, put into practice, and live out the Word of God to stay combat ready. We need to what? Implement, say it with me, then what? And then what? Put into practice. And then what? Live out the Word of God to stay combat ready. And so that, 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 that's the prescription for being combat ready. You have to implement. Now, a lot of you are good readers, but you fall way short when it comes to the implementation, which is the execution of the Word of God. The execution of the Word of God is where actually the rubber hits the road. You have to put it into practice. You have to live out the Word in your life in order to win the battle against Satan and his demonic host. Philippians 4.9 says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these what? Do. And the God of peace will be with you. What you have seen, what you have learned, what you received and heard and saw in me, do the word of God and the God of peace. And some people don't have peace because they are not doing what the word says. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. We have folk who come Sunday after Sunday. They are good hearers, but they don't do nothing with what they heard. And therefore, there are no changes in your life. Let me ask you a question. How much change have you seen in your life? Since you've been walking with the Lord, maybe you've been walking five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. But where is the change? Don't tell me you've been walking with the Lord 30 years and your face looked that bad. That's right. Where's the change of attitude, the change of disposition? I mean, where's the change when it comes to generosity uh, and giving to the Lord? Where's the change when it comes to being on being on time. Some folk are just as late now as when they first came to Christ. It's a sin not to come to church on time. It is a sin. You, you, you just can't be here consistently. You know, when we go on our 40 days of fasting and prayer, some of you need to say, you know what, I'm going to make up my mind just not to be tardy, or, or I'm going to make up my mind to come every single Sunday uh, to prayer meeting and Bible study. 
Prime me no witnesses. The Bible said, I'm gonna, I'm going to activate my faith and not just be kind of a hit and miss kind of Christian. There's going to be more consistency. What, what, can that be seen in your life? First John three seven says, "Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous." You say, "How do you know somebody righteous? They're practicing it. They're practicing it just as he is righteous." doing what is right and just and being about the father's business. The reason so many saints are weak in spiritual regression or lack passion is because of a failure to live out the word of God, which is to practice righteousness. The reason so many saints are weak, weak, weaklings in the house, in spiritual regression. I mean, when you take a, when you look back at your life, just this past year, you can see more regression than progression. I mean, God blesses you with more, could be job, could be funds, raises or whatever. And then, and then you do less when it comes to servanthood or when it comes to being uh, available to God in the house of God uh, with the people of God to the glory of God. So the reason so many saints are weak in spiritual regression uh, lack passion is because of a failure to live out the word of God, which is to practice righteousness. It's to live right. It's to talk right. It is to behave oneself. It, it, it is to practice righteousness is to listen to God and obey him at all costs. Number four, we, we must discipline ourselves. Uh, if we're going to contend for the faith, we must discipline ourselves and bring our fleshly appetites under the control of the Holy Spirit, lest we become casualties, casualty of war. It's very important that you discipline yourself and bring your fleshly appetites, those things that you naturally have an inclination to do out of your flesh, putting it under control by way of the Holy Ghost, that we not become a casualty in war. First Corinthians 9, 27 says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. You have to be determined to put your body under the authority and submission of the Holy Ghost, lest when I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway or be disqualified simply because I let my fleshly bodily appetites have free reign. Whatever it wants to do, I just give it permission to do it. Be it known to you, beloved, you have permission to tell your body no. Your body say, I want sweets. You say, no, you can't have that today. Matter of fact, body, you can't have it this week. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you can can tell yourself, I'm not going to drink coffee today. I know my body, not caffeine. You go somewhere and play. You're not getting what you want today. I know I want to watch my show, but I'm going to will myself not to watch my show because my time with God is more valuable than some sleazy show that has no eternal significance. Won't y'all say amen? amen. It's to tell your body no. Somebody call you on the phone and, and you all, you having a nice quiet day and they call and you, you go because they call. You go because they call. Keep you in a go mode. You're disciplining yourself. I tell you, discipline, when we get to fasting and prayer, I dare you to discipline yourself to not have a cell phone for one day. Or not have a beeper for one day. You say, well, you won't die. I'm just saying one day. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm talking about one day. 
Some of y'all, that's, a, that, that, that's, un, that's unthinkable now. Unthinkable now. Uh, apart from spiritual discipline, we're not qualified to fight or win the race successfully that is set before us. Allow God to unload your spiritual baggage so that you can cross the finish line successfully. Allow him to unload your spiritual baggage, be it bitterness, uh, uh, unforgiveness, bad attitude, disrespect, talking back, putting down statements, or whatever it is. That's baggage. That's weight that keeps you from running the successful race. Hebrews 12, one says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. The scripture says what? Every weight. Say every weight. What is your weight? And the sin which so easily ensnares us. There is a sin. All of us have certain sins that that has the capabilities of ensnaring us. There's no such thing as a little sin. Sin is sin, and it keeps you from maximizing yourself in the kingdom of God. And so you got to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares. It could be the sin of, of a runaway tongue, you know, and those kinds of things. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We have to unload our baggage. Repeat after me. Unload, Unload. Our, spiritual baggage. our spiritual baggage. You got to do that. Some of your spiritual baggage, baggage could be drinking. Others is lottery. You know, uh, 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 it, it could be clothes for others. It could be entertainment for others. It could be sports for others. And not that sports in and of itself is bad, but it can become baggage to the point that you can't do business for God. Look at verse four in the text. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at that first phrase. For certain men have crept in what? Unnoticed. I look at that closely. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. These men, and they can be women too. Women too. These men slipped in the church among the saints, looking very innocent and spiritual and unsuspecting. But underneath, they had a hidden agenda to slowly and gradually. They were infiltrating the church and contaminating the church with false doctrine. They came in suddenly. They came in. They were unnoticed because they had a Bible. And because they look influential and because they look spiritual, you can look spiritual and not be spiritual. You can look spiritual and have a devilish agenda. These men slipped in secretly among the saints. They pretended to be innocent and unsuspecting, but underneath they had an agenda of slowly and gradually infiltrating and contaminating the church with false doctrine. What are the characteristics of false teachers? What are the characteristics of false teachers? Number one, they do not believe the Bible is God's only divine revelation. They do not. That's big. They do not believe that the Bible is God's only divine revelation. 
That's one of the characteristics. They believe uh, you need the Bible needs help. The Bible needs outside support. It can't stand for itself. In other words, they say the Bible is not sufficient. We need new revelation. You see, and, and uh, that's a dangerous thing. Uh, Galatians chapter one, verses six through nine. Galatians chapter one, verses six through nine. You need to look at this because it's so serious. We live in a day where people are coming up with prophecies and they got all kinds of say. God gave me a new revelation. And uh, y'all, you got, do you not know the canon is complete? If it weren't complete, this book, listen, I'm going to tell you something. We, oh, good God Almighty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen to this. We don't need, we, one of the main reasons we don't need new revelation is because we haven't received what we already got. What we already have. What you need something else? You don't, you, we haven't done this yet. You talking about something new? You, you don't need anything new. I marvel that you are turning away so so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. You see, verse seven, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you. Look, they trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel, some, some being from heaven, preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be what? A curse. Verse nine, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone, he restates that because he's so emphatic. If anyone preaches any other gospel, teaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received already, in other words, I've already, you've already been given the, the truth. Let him or her be what? A curse, you see. They come on the scene saying there's there's another revelation, you know. Number two, uh, they do not false teachers. The characteristics is they do not live what they teach. That's another characteristic. If you get a teacher who's teaching one thing, even if it's true, but they're not living it, then they are they are what false. That not, that wipes out a whole lot of folk. A whole lot of folk from the pulpit to the back door, in many churches. Uh, James 3, 1, James chapter 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Contending for our faith is worth the fight against Satan's tricks of his trade. He won't stop trying to circumvent our faith. Therefore, we must keep God first in all we do to resist him. We must be steadfast in exercising our authority in the name of Jesus to thwart Satan's efforts. We will be the recipients of God's perfect plan for each of us if we contend for the faith, or we will suffer the dire consequences. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.